today on Doomed. It's the right-wing social media purge. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This week, it was very reminiscent of that summer day back two years ago when suddenly every tech company, well, at least every major tech company, decided that we didn't want Alex Jones on our platform anymore, of course, after hosting him for many, many years. But this time around, it was white nationalist here, white nationalist there, a boogaloo movement there, a boogaloo movement here, and of course, the Trump campaign itself. Here to talk with me about all of that and much, much more. And by much, much more, I mean uh, some scoops that he also has pertaining to very particular uh, right-wingers, uh, right-wing grifters, too. Uh, Jared Holt of right... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish, let me finish, <laughs> let me finish introducing you. Hold on, let me pull you up here, first of all. We're not even on the screen yet. Here we go. Jared Holt of Right Wing Watch and Shitpost Pod, the Shitpost Podcast, I should say. I mean, it's just Shitpost, but it's hard to just say, like, Jared Holt of Shitpost. Without also saying like what it is, because it sounds like it could be quite frankly anything. Right, right, yeah. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. We've done so many shows together at this point. I think I, I just assumed the role of a co-host and blurted it in. Right, you just feel right. maybe. You, thanks you, for thanks for having me again, man. You just feel at home here. I love it. I am me and the doomed gang. What's up, folks? Right. Uh, there's now a clicking sound. Oh, it's gone. Weird. Weird. If, if you haven't noticed, I mean, again, podcast listeners aren't going to realize anything, but for the live stream listeners, a little bit late today because of some technical issues. Uh, simple things sometimes are very hard to do. But uh, that being said, uh, Jared, it's great to have you here. Let's get right to it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's dive right in. I uh, And I, I was going to bring the puppy on stream for a little bit, but he is, uh, I, I think he needs to spend some time with his mom for a second and wear down for a little bit before he, he pays a visit. Right, right. Well, we'll see him later, maybe. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. If he if he starts to get a little bit tired and starts behaving a little better, we'll have him on. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of thoughts about all these right-wing hacks, too. You know, it it's really amazing how quick they learn. Right, right. Now... Now, Jared, the big story this week that everyone's talking about, let's get right to this. Um, you know, YouTubers Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson are now officially canceled. Uh, that's the big news. I don't to- know who I those people are. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so insulated in my own shit that, like, I have no idea. You, you, sort, of ruined, you sort of ruined my joke where I was going to go, this is the big news, but we're not here to talk about that. But anyway... <laughs> On to other things. No, uh, 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 what's her face? Um, uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter is apparently a, a TikTok, a, a left-wing TikTok star. I have to look further into that to find out just how left-wing we're talking about. If we're just talking like shitlib or, or true, or 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 comrade Conway. <laughs> I, I'm just picturing that like okay boomer video, but it's just like okay Mueller. Okay. Oh my! I I, uh, uh. I mean, yeah. from just seeing, from from vaguely browsing it, I saw that apparently she is a uh, like a uh, 
LGBTQ uh, supporter, Black Lives Matter promoter on TikTok. So it's like, you know, already she's uh, not only not only uh, more, uh, uh, you know, normal than her mom, but also more normal than her dad. So but but let's 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 let me look more into this before I'm heralding the next. uh, Yeah, the next uh, uh, blue wave emoji Twitter account. Right. Uh, hashtag the resistance. Uh, so Jared, uh, you know, you work, uh, as a reporter for a wonderful organization called Right Wing Watch and obviously working as a reporter at a a organization called Right Wing Watch, as everyone who listens to the show knows by now, you cover the right. And yeah, it's weird. You know, today, just just today, somebody asked me yet again why I don't cover Joy Ann Reed's old blog posts. And I, you know, just have to remind them what the name of the, I mean, the outlet is. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, uh, you know, I get what you're saying, but I think those blog posts might, uh, if you read them, they might classify as right wing. So you might have to get on top of that eventually. <laughs> yeah, I always get stuck on that, man. Like, I, I like, I, I like where the lines are, but I, I you know, re- there's been good reporters who have already reported that story into the ground, um, right. and everyone should read it before they decide to become a Joy Reid super fan. Right. But that's that's a different conversation, different day. Yeah, definitely. But the conversation for today is well. Let's let's start in chronological order. The week starts uh, with Reddit announcing that it was banning a number of subreddits that it said spread hate speech, and it has new hate speech policies that it also rolled out at the same time. Um, it banned the uh, the Soy Boys subreddit. It banned Brutal. a, I believe another one was the New Right subreddit. It banned the Cumtown subreddit. Savage. And it banned two subreddits that it actually went out of its way to discuss in its announcement of this new policy in the banned subreddits. And those two subreddits that they used as their example was the Donald and the Chapo Trap House subreddit. Two subreddits that are completely the same with no difference at all. Right, right, right. Now, I do know uh, that... The uh, apparently the Chapo guys, or at least some of them, were not fans of what was going on in the Chapo subreddit. Apparently, it was an audience that listened to Chapo, but wasn't necessarily uh, in line with them in terms of how they they acted on that form. However, yeah, I I didn't spend much time on there, but it from what I have seen, you know, it was only ever brought to my attention when it was at its worst, but. Yeah, some of the stuff on there. Right. I, I will say, though, that I defend, I've def- been defending the subreddit for a very important reason. And the fact of the matter is that every six or seven months, I would happen upon that subreddit and I would see someone recommending my show. So for all intents and purposes, the pod, the, uh, the, not the podcast, the subreddit was good. So just to, just to get that out there, I don't know what else happened on there. I do know my name was brought up probably many times, not in a good way, but it was also brought up in a positive way, which I saw. So 
endorsement from me. It's <laughs> a low bar, Matt. <laughs> but any, anyway, no matter what terrible shit was happening on the Chapo subreddit, the idea that uh, the idea that Reddit would, in their announcement, you know, equate the two was just ridiculous to me. And you know, let's 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 put this full out there because I don't want people all of a sudden thinking like, oh, that's funny. This uh, all of a sudden uh, rolling out the my free speech is being uh, censored because of a social media ban. Hmm, interesting. No, no, no. Reddit is fully within their right to ban the Chapo Trap House subreddit. So long, Chapo Trap House subreddit. I don't care. But the idea that in their announcement they would equate the two. It just goes to show you, in a broader sense, not because, oh, they're hurting the Chapo uh, fans' feelings. No, I don't care about that. In a broader sense, it shows that this platform has no clue what they're doing. Because to equate the two is basically saying, obviously, the word equate means that you're, they're the same. When they're not. I mean, they could both be breaking your rules, but the idea that, and they use this in their, their announcement, that... It shows that this this policy will affect uh, across the, the ideological the ideological spectrum, or across the aisles. They said something like that to that effect. No, I mean both of them broke your rules. Fine, but this doesn't show that you were going to. That's not what it is at all. Because you know, I think a great example is basically this: um, Ilhan Omar uh, was frequently, uh, quite frankly. Uh, attacked in every way, shape, and form on the Donald subreddit, the Donald Trump fan subreddit. Uh, terrible, horrible Islamophobic stuff to the point where it wasn't just people talking to each other about her. It led to actual real harassment of her, real-world harassment, not just on Twitter either where they're adding her, literal people calling her up and harassing her, saying terrible things. And then on the flip side, across the aisle on the Chapo Trap House subreddit, uh you have a podcast that had literally had Ilhan Omar on their show and the a fan base that obviously listened to that show and are fans of hers. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would equate the two. No matter what terrible, stupid shit you saw in Chapo, not the same. Right, and I don't know enough about the subreddit to even come out and say, like, the Chapo subreddit did not deserve to get banned. I don't know. I have seen some pretty bad stuff on it. If I knew more, maybe I could say for sure, but I would just be speculating on that point. Um, but what that equivocation told me was that Reddit, like all these other social media platforms, whether it's YouTube, Google, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit is uh, you know, yet another one of these platforms that's sensitive to this criticism that like conservatives are being shadow banned or like conservatives are being targeted online. And kind of like did this performative stunt almost uh, and like to make this point that no, 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 we're not like that. See, we we've got the the bad left wing and the bad right wing and they're both gone. And it, you know, just kind of obliterating any sort of nuance that may have existed between the two or, you know, possibly even downplaying just the the sheer like destructive quality that the Donald kind of became famous for right right i mean it's you know it's just and the idea that and another thing that was that that, that we can't not bring up i just wanted to first bring up the the equivocation of the two because that really you know is something that you always see from 
obviously media companies, uh, politicians, social media platforms, uh, the idea that it's both sides, both sides, both sides. And of course, the, the, the real story, the facts and the truth and the people who are right must, must be somewhere in the middle. No, no, not at all. That's not the case at all. Um, but another thing that uh, is impossible to not point out is they took this action against the uh, Donald subreddit after the subreddit was already in a state of what Reddit calls quarantine, where basically no one's posting on there anymore. In fact, I think the most recent post on there was somewhere like, like seven, eight months old. So they basically made a big, uh, you know, they flaunted the fact that they, they shut down an already dead forum. Yeah, so I believe Chapo Trap House subreddit was also quarantined, um, meaning that people can post to the subreddit, but that nothing from the subreddit, like, leaves the subreddit. Basically, unless you, like, go seek out the exact subreddit page uh, or am all or you're already subscribed to it or something like you won't see this content. Um, but the Donald was kind of like notorious for also kind of just like flaunting Reddit rules for the longest time. And I think maybe up until the day it got deactivated, uh, there was no downvote button on the Donald, only upvote buttons. And their users would just brigade the Reddit algorithm to try to get pro Trump stuff into the front page. Um, so there's some very like, very clear platform manipulation happening too that Reddit, you know, really dragged its feet on for, I guess, what more than four years at this point. Right, right. I mean, I mean, four years is even being generous. Reddit, I mean, Reddit's the original, the original platform where all these terrible tr online trolls and and you know the the people who were you know ironic racism and and all the all these other right wing factions. You know, I mean. Fuck, you could basically say that Reddit is actually the ground zero for all this shit. If you really want to trace the mo at least the modern reactionary online reactionary movement, it all traces back to the men's rights uh, movement, which was huge on Reddit. I mean, that was their main forum. I mean, oh, yeah, it was massive on Reddit. I mean, at the time, you couldn't go on Reddit without seeing like some thread of legal advice for like divorced dads and stuff. Like that, that was. At least in my early Reddit experience, that stuff was front and center. And you know, most of the 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 biggest uh, pro GamerGate personalities were basically hanging out on uh, uh, Kotaku in Action, which is the, which was the GamerGate forum, where basically they would talk in there and you know organize whatever you know mass uh, harassment campaign they would they would uh, you know roll out on another platform like basically they would post a story in there and a bunch of people would get all riled up in the comments and then take it to that person's twitter page or wherever they would go which you go of course would then eventually lead to a few of those people even grabbing phone numbers doxing individuals showing up to uh you know harass people in real life you know it's reddit was like really where this shit all began so congratulations reddit for doing something what to be generous, I think four is too generous. To be generous, eight years down the line, maybe, I would say. Yeah, and, and one more thing that I'll note about the Donald is that although the Donald was just like a, a force of nature, really, online uh, during the 2016 election, like 
uh, I mean, even as recently as like last year, you have Fox News personalities and stuff pull, like going to the Donald and looking up stuff uh, or, or like going there for ideas of what to post online or for like what, you know, opinions to pontificate on the TV that night. Um, but ever since that subreddit was quarantined, I think it was last year, um, it, it, it's just been kind of like a ghost town. I I was talking uh, with my buddy Will Summer. I think he said something to this effect of like it had mostly just become Tom Fitton picks at this point. Like it was just Judicial Watch, like Tom Fitton beefy selfies uh, back to back <laughs> to back for the past few months. Um, all of the users of the Donald, you know, as soon as they got quarantined, they kind of saw the writing on the walls and figured something like this one day was going to happen uh, and ended up moving to a secondary site that's built on, uh, I believe it's like an old engine of Reddit or it's like a modulation of an old Reddit format. Um, so they're all hanging out there in about what is probably like the most robust echo chamber you could possibly imagine. All right. Right, and you know, it's also I think it's also important actually to understand where this all came from, how what it, what it took for Reddit to literally make these changes, and what it took was for George Floyd to be killed by police in Minnesota, for a huge backlash to just yet another case of police brutality in this country, claiming the life of an unarmed black man, uh, to the point where mass. Black Lives Matter protests spread across the country, which then trickled down into corporate America, who decided we should also look in, uh, within and see the racism that's within us, which led to the uh, former, the, the founder of Reddit, who no longer was a regular employee or CEO or whatever, but he was on the board, to say that he was going to leave his seat so that uh, a black man would be put on the board and... Uh, well, he could only actually suggest they, they put a black man on the board they, uh, or a woman, a black person on the board. He couldn't actually make that happen. But it took that for all that all of that to happen just for Reddit to go ahead and go, maybe we should change some policies here. Like, right. I, I mean, like a lot of this and, and like whether it's Reddit, whether it's the, you know, stuff we'll talk about other, you know, as we go on. But a lot of this is just like corporate boardrooms being like, Okay, okay. Um, I looked on the Facebook and racism is bad again. Uh, what are we doing about racism? And then they're like, well, we have these hate speech policies we wrote last year, but we didn't really do a whole lot with them. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay, let's try to do something with those. And <laughs> here right. we are, man. Right. right. Well, and I also have to point out that, and this is, you know, good for them. I think it's beautiful that they're together. But I do wonder how much uh, the Reddit founder uh, ending up meeting going out with and marrying Serena Williams had to do with his outlook on life. You know, all of a sudden he was, oh, I didn't know that he was, yeah, the, the founder of Reddit huh. is married to Serena Williams. Uh, they have kids. Wonderful. I love it. Great. Two rich people meeting and having a wonderful, you know, who cares? It's great. But the idea that he was running when he was running Reddit, there was no problem with a, a subreddit that was called Coontown. You know, the, the mm. idea that uh, this all like all these things had to happen for 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 some of these people to wake up and go, maybe we should do something about what's happening. Like they always had the power. Right. And, and you know, 
people that listen to this show, people that listen to my show will be no strangers of like criticisms of this power. But I, I do think that in the long run, this makes me kind of optimistic, I guess. Like what is finally starting to happen, unfortunately it's like a little piece at a time is we're kind of getting to the point where this idea of like the libertarian free speech utopia internet is kind of degrading in the public consciousness and there's less public trust of these companies. And, and not only that, but it's becoming more and more apparent all the time the extent of the damage that this does, especially as these platforms explode and scale further and further, reaching more and more users, becoming more and more integrated in our daily lives. Like, you know, th this vision, while in a ut utopia would be great, right? It's just not sustainable. Right. Um, it, so maybe uh, that's my like silver lining in this is like maybe we're, we're starting to get to the point where the people who are in charge of the decisions are kind of getting to think that way. But, uh, you know, they also have like huge cartoonish bags of money piling up behind them. So I'd, I'd <laughs> right. <laughs> might be, might be a while is what I'm saying. Listen, I'm actually I'm actually one of those people who is like who, who feels like, you know, I, I would be completely open to an actually freely open platform that anything goes like I'm open to the idea, literally even the worst of the worst on there. But the yeah, you sign you sign a waiver and just go. <laughs> yeah, just just but, but the thing is here is that you're still culpable with money you make. So, you know, if you decide that you run this platform, this free speech platform, and there are no rules, you can't all of a sudden decide that something's not good for business and ban just certain types of stuff that are bad for business, pornography and all that stuff included, that all has to be open. If you truly are, believe that anyone should be able to say anything, which I, I, I totally get. I, mean, I, I would be open for that sort of platform. Then, cool. Cool. No rules at all. Let it happen. But that's never the case. These guys always find particular rules that, you know, you know, like I mentioned pornography, you know, all of a sudden, like on Instagram, adult adult stars can't even be on there. Uh, they're not doing anything illegal. They're not doing anything wrong. They just happen to have a line of work that Facebook says is unacceptable for the Instagram platform. I mean... The the idea that any of these and then look at look at the recent I mean we should really do a whole episode on Parler for another day but Parler oh, yeah. Parler is that new uh, basically it's the new Gab so far not as extreme as the Gab as the Gab what am I a boomer calling it the Gab like the YouTube <laughs> <laughs> not as extreme as Gab but it could get there I mean it's 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 crazy but um, so Parler basically came out with <laughs> should I should I plug my Parler. Oh, my parlor's Matt Bender. You can follow me on parlor at jholtrww. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> also, and I don't know if I should uh, uh, be saying, I'm not going to say what it is, but I also am running a an account that belongs to a prominent right winger who did not grab their account and isn't on parlor that's already racked up a few thousand subscribers. <laughs> You can tell me off air. I, I want to check this out. Right, right, right. Yep. I, I mean, I'm I'm running it as if it is this person. Um, but what's uh, the like? Like, eventually, you're gonna make the flip or what? I, I'm waiting to see where this goes, how big it could get, and then I'll figure out what. I'm, I'm actually just waiting for it to get banned eventually, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Because um, <laughs> I saw I saw some people would would create a fake account and then 
just get like maybe like 50 followers and then ruin the gimmick. Nah, this is the long, you got to go with the long con here. You got to keep this going. You got to rack them up. <laughs> yeah, you got to go for the long con and then slowly convert the parlor audience into like doomed mega fans. Oh, no, I'm not it sure. First, first starts out with like, this Matt Binder guy, he's got, he's got kind of a cool podcast, right? And just go from there, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say who she, oh, uh, who uh, he or she is. Uh, oh, you want to you want to say it so bad? Just <laughs> but, just text it to me or something. <laughs> well, I'm gonna just so people can get reaction. Don't give away nothing, but I'm gonna tell you on Skype right now because this is too funny. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna think it's hilarious because this is a pretty prominent person. Oh yeah, brother. Yeah, you got to keep that going as long as you can. <laughs> you weren't expecting someone that big, admit it. You were thinking someone. No, like... no, no, no. <laughs> I I would have thought that this person was on there already for sure. But <laughs> and I, I I literally have their the username. Like it's not even like I needed to add something. Like it's the same name that she use he or she uses uh, everywhere. So uh... <laughs> well done, well done, Matt. Uh, so anywho um uh well where were we talking now that i got distracted by this oh yeah so you know even on parlor the right wing social network the founder of that ends up coming out this week you know they're, they're every all these right wingers are going there because it's the free speech uh mecca their new uh free speech haven where they can be free and they won't face the censorship of other social media organizations he comes out with a list of rules that actually it's like I believe it's something like 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 four out of the five rules on Parlor aren't rules on 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 Twitter. The the, the oh, social yeah. network they're trying it's to like, compete with. There's no pornography. You can't have curses in your username. You can't post uh, 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 obscene pictures or or say obscenities. Matter. You you can't you can't reply to someone and just say the word fuck. It's like whoa! I thought this was a free speech. Uh, I mean. What you can do is go on there and use the N-word. So I guess that's what they mean by free speech. But uh, but you can also do that on Twitter, basically. So I mean... <laughs> but Right, right. It's like, uh, you know, walking around, uh, you know, being like, hey, hey, no, no, no uh, profanity. And then there's like, you guys are cool. Uh, no obscenity. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, just like, really kind of pulling reasons out of the hat to ban people who aren't right-wing people, right? And again, it's their platform. I guess it's their right to do it, but it's preposterous to me for them to do that and also posture as like, we're not right-wing or left-wing. You know, we just love free speech when it's like very obvious to anybody else like what is happening here. All right, right. Although personally, you know, I love having all my conservative faves in one spot. It kind of cleans up the timeline on Twitter a little bit. And I figure, you know, have the Twitter for the stuff I like, have the, the parlor for the stuff I have to keep an eye on for work. You know, I, that's called work-life balance to me. Right, <laughs> my book. right, right. Uh, some people in the chat are telling me that I shouldn't even have given away anything about the, the parlor account. I look at it this way. I think it's it's I mean it's it's racking up followers, but I don't think it's gonna make it so far. 
I'm basically rolling the dice to see how big it could get, which means I it could I, I could lose it and never do anything with it. But to me, it's worth it for the long for the long game here. And if it gets banned, then just getting the reaction from you and the people in the chat right now made it all worth it. <laughs> so let's move on to the next the next network that made news. Literally like an hour after Reddit announces their subreddit bans, Twitch comes out, and this is a big deal to me. Uh, maybe, I think this one got sort of swept under the rug because it's not as big of a ban. Twitch gave a 30-day suspension to the Trump campaign's official Twitch account. Now, I think people need to understand here that when we talk about all these these things getting banned, like that, that, twi- that, that Reddit, that, uh, that uh, Donald Trump subreddit, that wasn't connected to Trump, wasn't connected to the official campaign. Yes, they probably more than shortly went on there, uh, but they didn't create it. They weren't running it. This was the official Trump campaign Twitch account, and it got a 30-day suspension for broadcasting two Trump rallies, and the suspension was due to things Trump said at the rally. Right, yeah, Trump's political rally speeches violate twitch tos right i mean it doesn't yeah get... yeah that, that's hard to wrap, wrap your head around right because and... every because every other platform you know facebook twitter are the two like really big ones have just broken their backs over the years to be like well okay trump says the the mean thing but he's the president and we're not going to censor the president and then Twitch is just like, nope, fuck you. See you later. <laughs> Have your 30 days. Right, right. You know, what? What? Are, I mean, I get that it's their rules to do the 30-day suspension. But what? Do they think the Twitch suspension is going to change the content of Donald Trump's rally speeches? I mean, that, that account's not long for Twitch. And if it is, then Twitch isn't very serious about their rules. I mean, there's no, I get it, maybe it's the first strike and they have a very strict policy that they, I mean, kudos to, to, to Twitch for actually, uh, they specifically in a statement when I covered it, uh, told me that, you know, they have a rule where it doesn't matter how newsworthy the account is, their policies are enacted the same on every single user, whether it's the president of the United States or, or, or you and me, Jared. Uh, so I, I commend that i guess but uh i mean there's no way that account's gonna last uh, the election <laughs> i mean surely not uh, if they're streaming trump live i can't imagine how it would especially given like the last few days where trump's polls have been bad and they're not getting better and the coronavirus is picking back up and things are getting desperate so you have trump tweeting about stuff like uh rules against segregated housing needing to be repealed and stuff and it's like Ah, if this is what the campaign trail is going to look like, uh, yeah, no way he's staying on there. But I, I really kind of respect Twitch more than I do like a Twitter or a Facebook for this, simply because of that consistency. You know, I am of the, the same thing, you know, if you're going to make the argument that Twitch or Facebook or Twitter or whatever is a private platform and they have the right to ban people, they also have the right to keep like whatever they want on there too if they assume the liability for it. But uh, what has been so frustrating with places like Twitch, or, I'm sorry, uh, with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, has just been the insane inconsistency and like no transparency over like 
why does this stay up, but this gets taken down, that sort of thing. Right, right. So, so I guess, like, as much as uh, you don't have to hand it to them, I, I got to hand it to them to, to, for Twitch, I guess. Right. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit distracted because it appears that we have a uh, a right-wing celeb in the chat. I'm guessing you, you retweeted my... Uh, my tweet and i'm guessing he's on there and saw it even though he he's technically banned from that platform uh i think this is the real baked alaska in the youtube chat <laughs> wait for real yeah no uh i mean i'm pretty sure tim what's up dude you still working for uber eats <laughs> it's gotta be him right i don't know who I don't know if he works for Uber Eats. I just someone told me that in passing. <laughs> I think it's the real Bath Alaska. All right. Well, now, uh, now I have to go look. Why yeah. are you doing this to me? Yeah, I'm sorry, man, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it the real Bath Alaska? I mean, the username is Bath Alaska. It's hard to tell, right? Because on YouTube, it's really difficult because anyone could basically make their username anything, and they have this weird thing where your username is different from your channel name. I don't know, man. You just talked about doing the fake account. I, I would <laughs> tap the brakes on this for now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's now get to the one that I mean. You're the first person I saw. Well, let's talk about the platform where. Well, we're also on Periscope and Twitch and. But the main platform we're on is YouTube. So you're the first person I saw tweeting out this information. Um, did you have some sort of insider? You, I need you to, to relay your sources to me. Uh, live on the air. <laughs> As a general policy, I don't talk about sourcing. Uh, but, unfor- but for me, it was just like another day monitoring the far right. And I saw Stefan Molyneux being like, I got banned on YouTube and I was like, hey, that's kind of a big deal. And then, you know, I see like Richard Spencer fans being like, man, Richard was banned from YouTube. And I was like, ha. And, you know, it's just like went around in a circle. And once I figured out like more than a couple people got banned, I, I went hunting it down and emailed YouTube a request for comment. I will say, Will Summer. He's damn good. He beat me to this story on the Daily Beast ah, by three minutes. Ah. But, <laughs> but, you know, I saw your tweets first. So I think that should count for something. Hey, maybe. You no. said it. All right. Well, maybe. We, may- love, we love Will Summer, though. Maybe. May, may, that, that, was very, that sounded very Trump rally-esque, by the way. We, <laughs> we love our Will Summer folks, don't we? <laughs> Some people say, right, Richter is the best newsletter I've ever read. According to my my listeners, uh, Baked Alaska is legit. Uh, Mr. Baked Alaska, uh, you should you should come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk about we could talk about your time at BuzzFeed. That that actually is is the topic. I would actually love. I want to talk about more about that. (laughs) Yes, I really would. Um. Well, he said, let me in there and I will box Jared. I invited you to talk on the podcast. I didn't invite you to have a boxing match with my guest. But... <laughs> oh, man. All right. So back to this YouTube stuff. Now, let's, let's quickly 
because again, we could you could literally do a whole podcast series on each one of these guys, to be quite frank. But so, mm-hmm. who was what is the who who were all the the personalities who were, and that's really what they mainly are. They were far right white nationalist person YouTube personalities. Uh, some of these guys have been on the platform for literally a decade. So again, um, can't really. Uh, it's good that YouTube decided to uh, take action. Uh, because these were clearly accounts that were uh, breaking their policies. But, I mean, again, uh, Stefan Molyneux was on that platform long enough to have built up a nearly 1 million subscriber YouTube channel. I mean... Right. I mean, you had, like, people of different scales uh, to be totally clear like i was a little bit surprised to see stefan grouped in with the other people that made the sort of big six that youtube announced they had banned um so you had stefan molyneux who's a like political pundit talker you call talker do people still call him talkers yeah used to used to call that for like radio people like rush limbaugh was a right-wing talker um but so stefan was a like far-right talker and uh, like self-help guru, he called himself a philosopher, even though I don't think he had any like qualification to do that. Um, and then you had uh, National Policy Institute slash Radix, that's uh, Richard Spencer's sort of media project. You had American Renaissance, a uh, decades-old white nationalist organization that explicitly advocates for white people to like form an ethno state basically um and that 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 you had david duke didn't know he was even still on there um and then you had richard spencer's personal account and then the american renaissance podcast account and i think that's the six right right now this is interesting that you said that about david duke because i i covered the the youtube thing too obviously well after you and you and will but i'm not i wasn't trying to get a scoop but uh In my defense, but uh, <laughs> but that is one thing I, I came across when I was doing my research. David Duke's YouTube was previously suspended, or at least there were reports that it was suspended, uh, you know, like a year or two ago. So I never really got an answer. I just assumed from looking around that he had created a new account or his account got unsuspended at a point. Like it was just a temporary suspension. I have no idea. I... I could not look at you with a straight face and say David Duke is an influential political figure to more than like maybe a few hundred people. Um, so I never, I didn't keep tabs on him that close. Um, I don't know what the story was there, but when I saw it on the list with like, yeah, we suspended David Duke. I was just kind of like, Whoa. yeah, I, I had the same thing where I just had to kind of tap the brakes for a second and be like, he. How long was this going on? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I mean, they've, it's, it's, uh, who would you say the biggest account? Like, who was the most influential one of these guys? I mean, I, I, I know, but I want to hear who you, who you think, just in case we disagree. Uh, oh, dude, Molyneux, no chance, dude. I, I mean, like, it, this guy had almost a million followers. He was having people on his show regularly, like Mike Cernovich, uh, I believe. Someone will have to check me on this. Jack Posobiec went on. 
Katie Hopkins. You know, it was like free domain radio. His little program was like the stomping grounds for the far right. You could go there and, uh, you know, get these huge audiences. I remember going to this like Mike Cernovich party to report on it in New York one time. And Jack Posobiec was like, oh, I've seen the metrics for Stefan Molyneux's videos. And he, he has like a 90% watch rate, which is insane on any video. Like that viewers are staying through 90% of the video before dropping out. So he not only had a, if that's true, he not only had a massive audience, he had a almost like religious audience. Um, but, you know, make no mistake, Molyneux was as far right and anti-immigrant and like white nationalist sympathetic as the best of them. You know, he went to Poland. He made this documentary saying that his trip to Poland excuse me, that his trip to Poland, uh, you know, kind of, he's an empiricist, so it made him, like, you know, empirically believe that white nationalism wasn't bad. You know, there's just so many different kind of statements like that. Stefan Molyneux could be, like you said, another one of these, like, eight-part podcast series if we were going to do it real justice. Um, But it's it's hard to uh, overstate like how much influence he had in far right YouTube. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, that that's who I, I a hundred percent was going to say because that is without a doubt who, who, you know, and, and, you know, I have this clip I think I should play. Um, cause, cause this is a clip from 2014. And I mean, the shit he's saying here, it's clear as day that this should not be, you know, this this is not a uh, a platform where where you know you should go out and say this stuff, uh, according to YouTube's own rules, even at the time. Yet somehow he always skated by. I mean, I mean, let's play this clip. Women who choose the assholes will fucking end this race. They will fucking end this human race if we don't start holding them a fucking countable. I agree with that. They, they are the gatekeepers, as as you said. And others They're the gate. Yes. Look, women who choose assholes guarantee child abuse. Women who choose assholes guarantee criminality, sociopathy, politicians, all the cold-hearted jerks who run the world came out of the vaginas of women who married assholes. And I don't know how to make the world a better place without holding women accountable for choosing assholes. Your dad was an asshole because your mother chose him. Because it works on so many women. If asshole wasn't a great reproductive strategy, it would have been gone long ago. Women keep that black bastard flame alive. They cup their hands around it. They protect it with their bodies. They keep the evil of the species going by continually choosing these guys. If being an asshole didn't get women, there would be no assholes left. 
if women chose nice guys over assholes, we would have a glorious and peaceful world in one generation. Women determine the personality traits of the men because women choose who to have sex with and who to have children with and who to expose those children to. I get that you're angry at your dad and you have every reason to be angry at your dad. Your dad is who he is fundamentally because your mother was willing to fuck him and have you. Willing and eager to fuck the monster. Stop fucking monstrous. We get a great world. Keep fucking monstrous. We get catastrophes. We get war, we get nuclear weapons, we get national debts, we get incarcerations and prison guards and all the other florid assholes who rule the world. Women worship at the feet of the devil and wonder why the world is evil. And then, you know what they say? We're victims. Poor us. And some women are, absolutely. But dear God in heaven, men will become whatever women want them to become. Because women are the gatekeepers. Men will become whatever women want them to become. Oh! So I think that if you accept that women are central to the cycle of evil in the world then you will be able to see how it really reproduces. Evil is of matriarchal lineage. Wait for it. In the present, I'm not talking, you know, in the Mongol horde and rapes and blah, blah, blah. Wait for it. Evil passes through the mother. It's Jewish. <laughs> there, you, there, there you go. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. what? Yeah. There you go. Because, you know, uh, Judaism is passed through your, your mother. That's the rules of, of, of Judaism. If you are born to a Jewish father and a non-Jewish mother, technically, in the eyes of the Jewish faith, you're not Jewish. However, if you are born to a Jewish uh, mother and a non-Jewish father, in the eyes of the Jewish faith, you are Jewish because it's passed through your mother. Um but, you know, he had to, of course, blame the Jews at the end there. Uh, but the whole thing is insane. And obviously, yeah. this is someone who has an intense hatred for women. Um, in fact, uh, this, is, this particular clip I played is one that has stuck with me since I first heard it in 2014. If you look back into the Majority Report archives from when I was on the show, I did an entire segment on this particular episode, uh, this clip, uh, that you could find still on Sam Cedar's YouTube channel. Um, the, the thing that this clip is, is – he literally is saying that men have no agency. Every problem in the world is because of women. And even if a man does it, it's because a woman made him do it. Because if he didn't do it, a woman wouldn't find him attractive and would deny him sex. That's literally his entire outlook for how the world works. Women control everything because they can choose if men have or do not have sex, which is insane. Also, by the way – this clip is one I, the one I used when I was debating Paul Elam way back when, and I hinted at him that I, when I quoted this uh, section from this clip, I hinted that this was actually 
a quote from Elliot Rogers' manifesto. And Paul Elam said something like, it was the sickest, most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. And then I informed him that it was actually a clip from a guy who just spoke at his men's rights conference, Stefan Molyneux. And he wasn't too pleased that I tricked him like that. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, the whole reason for playing that clip, right? It, in 2014, this was Molyneux. And it's like, for every clip like that, there's a dozen more. Um, and, and people do the thing with like with Stefan that they used to do with Jordan Peterson when he was still rocking and rolling, saying like, well, well, you just haven't watched enough Stefan Molyneux. I have watched, it's got to be hundreds, if not almost thousands of hours of Stefan Molyneux to this date. And a lot of it is like that. Like, you know, it's a, a very dense one-hour episode, but then there will be like a 10-minute slot in there that's just something like this that comes out of nowhere. Uh, and, you know, that was okay. Uh, it's hard to know if there was really like a trigger point or something specific that made YouTube finally decide to take action here or if it was just kind of the, you know, timing of the opportunity. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Th- there's... I mean, just listen to it. It's 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 deranged. It's crazy. It's not even like you know. It's not even your general uh, misogyny, or or it's 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 well beyond that. It's it's truly insane. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a worldview that I I you couldn't even make up because it's so far out there. It's yeah. So yeah, you got this guy banned. You got uh, Richard Spencer, who, by the way, interesting story about Richard Spencer. Uh, that YouTube channel got, that got banned, one of those dudes that was on that channel uh, up until he got outed by his real name, I went to high school with. And I didn't even know he was one of those those dudes. His name was like Josh or something like that. Um, he was a regular on Richard Spencer's podcast. And he he was uh, he lives in Brooklyn. Or he lived in Brooklyn. I don't know where he is now. He was in like an indie hipster band. Just living amongst everyone, no one even knew that he was, uh, you know, who he was. But he got outed, and he uh, he basically disappeared. Uh, so that's that's one uh, podcast that got, uh, I mean, one YouTube channel that got uh, suspended. And yeah, bye. It sucks. Bye. Yeah, it sucks for yeah. you. Yeah, and like Molyneux has since been banned from Twitch, SoundCloud. Uh, he's banned from PayPal, Mailchimp. I mean, he's running out of places to go, quite frankly. Um, but I guess lucky for him, he's already made just an obscene amount of money doing right. this. So he'll probably be okay. You know, he could vanish from the spotlight and and be perfectly fine. But a big motivating factor for these guys, I think, is that sort of political relevance. Um, so I, I'm sure we'll see him move to some weird knockoff platform eventually. Right. Now, Jared, do we do we do, do we do we bring Baked Alaska on? <laughs> uh, I'd rather not, man. Right. I, <laughs> well, do I we, don't think I have anything nice to say. Right. Well. <laughs> right. Well. Right. Right. So let's let's talk about your next. That you know, it's totally within. Some people don't want to talk to you, uh, Mister Baked Alaska, buddy. Call in another time. I'll have you on, and we'll. Uh, you can tell me all about your time at BuzzFeed, the most relevant, I, the most relevant portion of your career. 
here. <laughs> 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 Those pro cop raps were pretty funny too. I'll hand you that. I don't know. I don't think they were intentionally funny, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, Jared, let's let's talk about. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about uh, Miss Cassandra Fairbanks first? Or would you like to talk about Mister uh, Caleb Hall first? Pick one, man. Uh, I guess we can start with Cassandra Fairbanks. That was an older story. Um, yeah, where to begin? So this was uh i think the evening of june 1st if i remember correctly this feels like a century ago that i reported this but um it was just last month so washington dc was having a bunch of protests for black lives matter after uh police killed george floyd and some of those protesters uh were smashing windows i think a cop car might have got lit on fire in dc or something but There was some property destruction happening in the city, Um, you know, a very right wing sort of reaction that was common that night was kind of fear and, uh, you know, the sort of thing where it's like, this is Antifa and they're coming for you and this is what it looks like and that kind of scaremongering. Um, Cassandra Fairbanks for a couple days prior, according to her, had been receiving all kinds of menacing messages saying, you know, things like they wished she was dead. Um, there was one message specifically she shared where someone claimed to have her address, um, but it doesn't appear from what she shared that that person had posted evidence that they had it or, um, you know, I- anything like super specific, right? Um, like if I had taken this to the police, they would have said like, oh, okay, thanks for logging, but this isn't like something we can do something with. Um, so this is happening, you know, the property destruction happens in downtown DC that's happening. And then on her block at four in the morning, a big ass thing of fireworks goes off and this thing's loud. It's like echoing through the neighborhood. There's sparks flying everywhere. And Cassandra Fairbanks connects the two things in her mind you know, I've been getting these menacing messages. Uh, these fireworks are going off. This stuff's happening in downtown DC tonight. I'm being targeted by Antifa. They're here to attack me. Um, and what my investigation found was there really doesn't seem to be proof to back up that claim. Uh, there's plenty of proof that fireworks were set off that night. Uh, I don't dispute that. There's plenty of proof she called 911. There's plenty of proof she was scared. There's plenty of proof that she, you know, probably genuinely did believe that this was meant for her. Um, But there's not proof of other things that she claims, like that guns were fired. There's no proof that people were banging on the windows of her house or were firing these guns and fireworks at her house. There was no visible property damage from the street. I talked to eight of her neighbors. All of them said it was fireworks and they and uh, six of them p- told me that the fireworks were set up like more than 100 feet away from Fairbanks's house at a spot where when I was standing in it, I couldn't see her house. Um, so what you have here is like kind of maybe, you know, there's different ways to interpret the situation, right? Like maybe she really did believe that this was meant for her and she was worried and scared. That's one thing, right? But then she goes on to fundraise $25,000 almost 
from you know Gateway Pundit readers and and Jack Posobic fans and whatever uh, to essentially give her a bundle of cash to pick up her whole life and move out of the neighborhood and go to an undisclosed location. Um, so that that adds like a whole new twist on it, um, and, and I think added some sort of urgency to treat these claims as seriously as they demanded to be treated. Um, but yeah, when I did treat them, uh, that way, they kind of seemed to, I don't know if I would even say fall apart, but just they don't stand. Right. You know, it's, is is there a big, I mean, there's certainly more successful grifters, but is there a bigger grifter than Fairbanks? I mean, it is stunning the turnaround. It wasn't like she was just like a normie Democrat or some like, you know, some, you know, the, 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 the cliche, like, blue-collar union guy who just voted blue because his daddy did, and now he, but he's really, you know, because of social issues, a Trump Republican or whatever. I mean, this is someone who was down at uh, left-wing protests, covering this stuff, very supportive of it. I mean, I actually, if you look through my Twitter account, you know, there's a few times where she added me, maybe she even deleted them, but there's a few times she added me back in the day before she became a Trump person, and I just ignored them because there was something always a little bit suspect about about her to me. So I just stayed away. You know, I didn't call her out because if I was wrong, it'd be, you know, I had nothing to base it on. Just something, something didn't sit right with me. But, um, but I mean, she ended up turning on all that stuff and she's just like a full blown, like uh Trump sycophant. Like it isn't even like, you know, she's, yeah. You know, she was like an anti-establishment type uh, lefty, or at least she portrayed one back in the day. But now she's not even like one of those anti-establishment right-wingers. Like even, even friggin' Richard Spencer says that, you know, Trump doesn't even represent him enough anymore because he's not racist enough or whatever. The idea, but for Fairbanks, isn't even like an anti-establishment right-winger. She's straight up just like a Trump can do no wrong. Donald, love Donald Trump like right winger it's it's incredible just to watch that play because she apparently thinks that's where her biggest uh move is is she still a gateway pundit uh she is she's a contributor there but yeah that that arc was really weird because you went from like i support black lives matter i love bernie sanders to i love donald trump Please write articles about me, BBC. Please write, or you know, profile me because I'm an anomaly and I represent this portion of people that I don't think anyone has really shown exists. Um, and then she became kind of, you know, like a pro-Trump toady, but still kind of anti-establishment. I, I think she probably would have called herself like anti-neocon or something, you know, against the Bill Crystals of the world. Um, that that sort of terminology has some subtext there. Um, right. You guys can look into it for yourself. But yeah, uh, but yeah nowadays, I, I guess it was like earlier this year, or late last year, Fairbanks has just pivoted super hard into the far right, hanging out with people like Nick Fuentes, who's an anti-Semite and a white nationalist, uh, attending conferences hosted by uh, the guy who used to run Identity Europa. Um, and... Going from, you know, being like, oh, you know, I like Trump, but I don't like uh, the attacks in Syria or whatever to just like, you know, begging for the Trump administration to use lethal force against Black Lives Matter protesters and stuff. You know, like 
you can't suck up to the government harder than that, I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. It's completely, you know, it's a complete turn on everything. Like, you know, even, I mean, I, I can't think of an example off my head, but there's some, some of those, you know, I, we, we call them, uh, you know, the, uh, what was it? Uh, the dumb, dumb left on the majority report back in the day, you know, those, those, the, the, the Seth rich, uh, Bernie Sanders fans who, you know, it's a, mm. it's a small, very small subset, but they do exist. Um, the Seth Rich truthers on the left. Uh, but, you know, those those people, it's sort of like, you know, you, you sort of get where you, you see it. You see the change and it makes a, it's still crazy, but it makes a little bit sense that they're so obsessed with the anti-establishment uh, term, the anti-establishment label that They'll go wherever they think anti-establishment takes them. So sometimes they end up on the right because they just want to seem anti-establishment. But that doesn't mean they're sucking up to Trump or whatever. She dropped all that. It's just straight up like Trump love. Yeah, those folks never made sense to me really because they're like, I'm anti-establishment. Unless the establishment meets my list of demands, then we will support the establishment wholeheartedly. It's right. like, it's not a position, man. You can't just be anti something. Like, <laughs> I pick some policies or something you like. I don't know, dude. It's just, it's not very smart. Right. Yeah. I, I think the dumb, dumb left is a prob- probably a good label for that. Right. Yeah. Or some people, I think, call them the loony left. I don't know. They just, it's just, it's a small subset. It's not like there's some big, like, you know, Organize, and then I mean organize. You know, I think uh, a lot of people. Then there's also the you know the 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 Nazi adjacent people who 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 call themselves leftists, but obviously they're not. Like the Amy Teresas, and then you have mm. like uh, your Michael Tracys, who people I think at least me I did back when I I knew him as one of the reporters down at Occupy in the early 2010s. I always perceived him as being like a, a libertarian left type person. And back then, obviously that's not the case. Uh, but that's certainly how he came across back when he was reporting from Occupy. Uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of weird little subgroups, but none of them is organized like the, the insane subsections that you see in some right wing worlds, which brings me to, uh, I guess Facebook's announcement, which, I mean, they're undergoing a huge, uh, I forgot to bring this up before, actually. I didn't mean to pivot from Cassandra Fairbanks to this, but Facebook um, also did a major ban this past week where it knocked uh, off a bunch of uh, Boogaloo accounts from their their uh, their platform. And, uh, you know, they didn't outright ban it, but they said that there was a network of profiles, pages, and groups that basically were part of a violent network that identified as part of the Boogaloo movement, and they gave them the boot. Uh, you know, you have uh, three of these guys were arrested in Las Vegas for uh, trying to uh, cause violence at a black, excuse me, Black Lives Matter protests, uh, and then you have another story where one guy who wrote uh, "boog" on his uh, his his car hood and had the whole boogaloo, you know, aesthetic going on with his, his shit. And also most damning, uh, planned these actions with another person he met in a boogaloo Facebook group, uh, killed or allegedly, I should say killed 
a federal officer and a sheriff's deputy in California. So, you know, again, I guess, you know, we've been sarcastically saying kudos to YouTube for giving some of these guys a boot 10 years after the fact or, you know, same with Reddit. I guess for Facebook, uh, props for kicking these guys off after they murdered some people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what you know. better time? I say, what better time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean it's good. I guess I don't know. I there's a lot of extremism, but whenever you have like revolutionary extremism paired with organizing, paired with like regional organizing paired with a shit ton of firearms i feel like that's uh, if anything it's going to be a red flag it's probably going to be one of those right like i i don't know again i mean it's one of those things that could have done something about this presumably a while ago um i we have to assume facebook knows what is on its platform um but yeah it takes uh you know blood in the streets to get action Right. Unfortunately, it, it shouldn't have to be like that. Right. Now let's get to this last story here. Uh, you still have a little bit of time to stick around, or are you going to stick around? For yeah. This? All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a minute, and then I'll uh, then I'll go get the dog and let him say hi. Cool. Uh, so uh, you had a scoop today, Caleb Hall. Now to me, he's someone who you know, I think he's probably uh, uh, low energy to see the line from uh, Donald Trump. In terms of at least his his profile compared to everyone else we spoke about today, uh, I would say the least number of people know who Caleb Hall is. Would you agree with that assessment? I would agree. He's played kind of a behind the scenes like background role for a long time. So, what is his background role though? Because I I will say I think I often get him a little bit confused actually with another guy who let me use this word again has a similar aesthetic. I think it's a guy who goes by the name like Ryan Forn he works for like Daily Caller or something. Same same like preppy style look. Are you talking about Ryan Savitra? I think that's who I'm talking about, yes. From uh Daily Wire? Daily Wire, okay, not Daily Caller. Yeah. Would you say they have a a similar uh sort of vibe to them or maybe I'm confusing even them with someone else? <laughs> Sort of. No, I'm confusing uh, them with someone else. Then. I, I don't think it's a clean comparison, really. But um, they both kind of have existed as like the, uh, the viral video guys on the right. Oh, you know, well, I mean, like, you could also say the same uh, about Benny Johnson. I think I'm just confusing them with someone else. Yeah, I, I mean, like we have people like this, I guess, on the left too. But you know, there's just those accounts that like always seem to like clip the right moment from tv and put the right spin on it or whatever and it just like explodes all the time and caleb hole was uh or is was a uh content guy like that who worked at you know most recently is a super powerful republican digital ad agency um who would send stuff viral he his like sort of claim to fame for a little bit uh on his twitter bio before he kind of went into lockdown mode after finding out I was working on this story, uh, was that he had garnered 4 billion views for conservative content online. Um, so this is a guy who like wasn't really forward. He wasn't somebody you would see on Fox News or like, I, I, I don't think he did like much media appearance, um, but 
he was like a a you know favorited source of content for right wingers everywhere whether it's Donald Trump's junior uh you know the FCC commissioner uh, members of congress like all of these people have shared his videos and like shared his work now what exactly was he he doing that, that you know what what was some of the stuff um, so you found this account right so um we were tipped off and, and were able to verify this account uh, from 2014 associated with a uh, gamer tag and a Twitch account used by Caleb Hole. <laughs> um, and what was on the account is stuff that, um, if we're going to stay in the YouTube Twitch terms of service, I cannot repeat, but you can go read for yourself at Right Wing Watch or you know, act, let me pull this up real quick. I th- I think I summarized it in a way without using the words that was are, good. Are these words that you you cannot say in general? Like we're not just talking about po- policy here. We're talking about you know in general. Uh, so here's from the story. Hole casually deployed the N word oh, on his right. Twitter account that's, that's on several occasions and shared jokes in which the slur was the punchline. In one instance, he remarked that he was banned from a streamer's chat room after he spammed the N-word 17 times. Hole promoted racist tropes about black people, specifically those involving watermelon and fried chicken, black children without fathers, and slaves picking cotton. Hole shared several memes containing these racist tropes, and he cited the same tropes while writing his own captions to images. For example, Hole captioned one image depicting a black man wearing clothing styled after a world map. Quote, he's wearing a map so he can find his dad. Um, and, and that is just kind of a sample of what we found here. Um, all of this was posted in 2014. Hole's a, a young guy. This would have put him around the ages, I believe, uh, uh, between 17 and 19 when these were posted. Uh, maybe maybe just 17, 18. Um, but, yeah, so we're talking like late high school, early college probably. Oh, he's that young? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Geez. I think he's 24, 24, 25. Yeah. 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 Doesn't excuse it, but I just didn't realize he was that young. Yeah. What? What? We? You know? I don't. I don't. Where? Do we? Where is he from again? So first of all, he's that young, and he's already, uh, you know, got this this repertoire behind the scenes and some of these, uh, you know, organizations. What? Where? Where? Where did he come from? What does he have? I'm some a parent or something that's that's entrenched, or is he just, or did he just say the N word enough where he impressed someone in a Republican think tank? <laughs> um so he uh he got his start in conservative politics with turning point usa oh well he he said the n-word enough to impress someone in a right-wing think tank exactly so um earliest i could trace back was he was uh i think chapter president and a ohio field director while he was in college he was doing video editing. They liked his stuff. Uh, he started doing video editing for TPUSA on the national level. Got promoted to, uh, I believe it was content director. Uh, and it's just so many. It's bureaucracy. Choppy titles. He he sort of ascended the ranks a little bit inside TPUSA. 
eventually went to uh, Independent Journal Review, then went to this super powerful uh, firm that I mentioned, Targeted Victory, where he worked for a little bit. Uh, and now I think he's consulting independently. Hmm. Well, which which is uh, quite the roller coaster to go on at a guy's age this young. But um, what kind of made this piece uh, interesting is Hole has kind of prided himself on being, you know, one of those people being like, hey, uh, listen, I don't think that old comments should get people canceled, but. If the left is going to play those rules, I'm just going to start digging through everybody's stuff and showing everyone how terrible they are. Right, right. Um, and, and I guess it like hadn't, maybe it didn't occur to him that like eventually this someone would think to check that out for him too. Right. But he's also one of those guys who put, tries to portray himself as he's one of the more serious guys. Like in terms, like yeah, he's you know, he, he engages in the typical Twitter banter, but he's not like he's not like one of those racists. Uh, you know, on uh, on the right, he you know he doesn't openly espouse some of these words and and well, not at least not on his main account. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, to his credit, you know, in the last year or so, he he has been very vocal against you know the quote unquote groipers or the you know what right, we would think of that, as like that's the white nationalists. He's not he's, he's he's not one of those guys. He he tries right. to he tries to distance himself from those guys. But I mean, you know. When we get down to it, I mean, maybe maybe he's a changed man. Not changed enough to not still be on the right, but, you know, changed man from those uh, older posts. Eh. But, you know, I just, you know, to me it's just like you're, you're splitting hairs here when you want to, you know, use the same words and espouse the same things. But you're just going about it by saying, but I'm not, you know, part of that movement. I'm not, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean it when I said it. It's, you know, it's, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, and um, you know, instead of providing me a statement, uh, Caleb Hole posted one on Twitter, uh, in which he sort of said he was going through a hard time in his life at that at that period of time, uh, and that these aren't views that he holds today, and that he regrets saying it. Uh, you know, kind of that sort of thing. You can, it's on his profile if you're interested in going to check it out. If you read the story, it's down at the bottom of the piece. I've included it in full. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that sort of the reaction I've been seeing from that apology, at least so far, has been uh, some skepticism, uh, especially in wake of some of the more recent things that he's posted. Just in the last month, Caleb Hole, you know, w- mocked reports that a black NASCAR driver found what he believed to be a noose inside of the stall he uh, was set to, to race out of. Uh, and, and, you know, posted a picture of a dangled up phone cord being like, help someone, you know, left a noose in my house, you know, and I, I don't know. It's, uh, I think, I think to some people who were skeptical, it was, it was hard for them to square kind of some of the more recent, uh, you know, if we're going to use the New York times polite words, uh, racially tinged comments, uh, that Caleb Hole was making, uh, to that apology, it just doesn't settle. Right. Yeah. Well. <sighs> Jared, what are we going to do with these guys? <laughs> I don't know. Got to figure out a way to work with them or, or beat them at the polls, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is a, another one of those, like, like, like Parlor. This is another one of those stories for another day. Uh, 
No, we got nine, was it nine QAnon uh, people running for Congress right now? Where I think. Where, uh, no, I, no, 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 no. There's. um. Oh, nine who have a, made a, it through their primary, something like that. Something like that. Um, Alex Kaplan at Media Matters has been keeping the list, and I think he just like went up to 58 last time I checked. Right. So the number I saw then, because I did see a number that was like nine Q, that means the total number running is 50 something. But the number who have made it through their primaries, I believe, is like nine. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, this and that, is. And that, and that woman in Georgia is like for sure going to win, right? That Marjorie, whatever. Yeah. One I know them, one of them, it's like she's pretty much set up to like breeze into the, you know, Congress during that election. Right. Right. Yeah. Jared, one thing I have to say before we go to the uh, before you bring out your dog is that uh, you you brought uh, some wonderful people into my chat today. <laughs> a simple, the, the the fan club, the fan, the Jared Holt fan club. I mean, I I remember how it was to have this back during Gamergate. See, see, you got these. You got the you got the 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 racist Nazis on you. I remember I had the uh, the the sexist gamers on me. I remember how this was, but I gotta say I didn't have a YouTube channel then, so it was all coming through through Twitter, which you know you're used to seeing the the Twitter replies go fast. With the uh, the YouTube chat, my my poor mods are trying to keep up with <laughs> are trying to keep up with because I can, I don't I can't I mean I can't I can't moderate this shit well and i'm really listen i'm i'm i've made it quite clear that i let you get away with a lot of shit in my youtube stream as long as you're being you know generally respectful of everyone else's ability to to chat and enjoy the show you know you want to espouse your right-wing views that's fine by me hell it provides me with content if you know if if we if i see something to bring up um but you know, if you're just gonna spam the N word over and over again in the chat, then sorry, that's not helping anybody for a variety of reasons. You're going bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. <sighs> well, Jared, uh, get in. Get, let's get in those plugs and let's go to the second half of the show. All right. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Jared L. Holt. The stories I write are mostly found on rightwingwatch.org. I've got a podcast. It's called Shitpost. You can find it linked in my Twitter bio or it's S-H apostrophe T-P-O-S-T on any place you find your podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, while you go get your dog, Jared, I'm just going right. to do, do my, do my uh, plugs right here. I'm going to turn your Skype down. Thank you for coming on, Jared. Uh, folks, patreon.com slash mattbinder. Support the show that is patreon.com slash mattbinder. That's right, I'm going to say it a third time. Patreon.com slash mattbinder. Um, you help make this show possible. Uh, and, you know, by doing so, uh, this show can grow. I can get uh, additional equipment. Get this show out there, because uh, you know the show is not where it should be quite yet. Te- uh, technology, technology. 
Whatever, you know what word I'm trying to use. Could use some upgrades on stuff. Um, what else can you do? Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matt Bender. Follow me on, uh, oh, also, while you're in here right now, Super Chats. Give a one-off donation right there in the YouTube chat. Super Chat, Super Chat, Super, super Chat. I will, a lot of comments, not going to get to pretty much any of them because Jared's sticking around. Um, but we will read the Super Chats. Super Chats, go now if you want to re- get, get your comment read on the show. Um... Subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, at Matt Binder on Twitter. Search for me on all the, any other social media platform where I'm Matt Binder. To the right-wing buddies inside the chat right now, parlor.com. Search for me on there, too, Matt Binder. Uh, oh, wait, Jay, you're not on the screen right now. You're back. Uh, there's the puppy. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what else? Doomthepod.com for the podcast. Leave an iTunes review, Google Play review. Uh... And quickly, 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 let me read the wonderful patrons who make this show possible. And then Jared will be, you guys can listen to the patrons as I read, the patrons' names as I read them while uh, just uh, gazing at the beauty that is Jared's puppy. Uh, what's his name, Jared? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, it's Pierre. What is, what is his name again? Pierre. Hi, Pierre. How are you? <laughs> He's doing pretty good. He's trying to lick me. Apart when one little brush touch. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to last very long. He's, we had just put him down to sleep. So I'm going to have to go put him back here in a second. And what kind of dog is he, Jared? He's a Pomeranian. Ah, what a cool. Uh, I knew a Pomeranian who was, uh, who was a very uh, feisty uh, puppy. Uh, is he, is he, he acts like a, a human child, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. Yeah, I could. I don't think I could ever do a small dog again. We had, we had medium-sized dogs, big dogs, small dogs. Uh, I I don't think I could do the small dogs again. They just act so different from dogs of other sizes. Uh, you just can't leave them alone without them acting like you're leaving literally a toddler alone. Yeah, uh, that's true. All right. He's a sweet. He's a sweetheart, though. Little genius. Is that his? Uh, that's what is, is that his nickname, or you just called him that? I just call him that. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I'm gonna go put him back. He's got to rest. All right, cool. And then uh, you'll be, uh, and then we'll probably go to the second half the second you get back. All right, sounds all good. Right. Abigail T, Alan B, Andrew C, Andrew H, Angela R E R, Baka, Ben, Benji, Bobby M, Brian S, Brosnan, Champagne Kami, Chris F, Christine H, Cindy G, Colin R, Connor R, C T A. Cul-de-sac, Cyber, Snowstorm, D, uh, Dan K, Dank Uger, Dave K, David Z, Daya, Douglas V, Dragon Slayer, Earth, Earth Q, Eugene B, Fraz K, Free Hat, FTW, Graham C, Greywind, Greg D, Greg D with two G's, Grim, Hitesh, Igor, In Our Words, Jack D, Jacob W, Jameson, Test, Janelle A, Jasmine H, Jeremy M, JLS, John B, Uh, John S, Jonathan B, Joseph H, Joseph R, Joyce M, Justin S, Katie S, Koshal, Kyle, Lisa D, Mariah, Mark S, Maddie J, Max W, me, Melissa M, Mitch V, Michael B, Michael J, Michael M, 
Mr. Danks, NS, Nick, Nicole A, Namdanet, Nolstyle, O Death, Paul M, Penelope D, Custer, Rad Dad, Remy, Ryan, Scott R, Seth K, Sean H, Sheena A, Silicone Baby, Stephen R, Stephen S, Steve A, Tamney G, Hypervisor, This Is Not Pizza, Tina M, Tom M, Why That Tie Guy, Wootopian, Zach M, and last but not least, Zoe G. We are now going to the second half of the show. Members only, patron only. If you're watching the live stream, you can stick around. But to everyone else, uh, patreon.com slash Bender. Otherwise, see you all next time on Doomed.